welcome to So What's the Problem, podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing I Still Know What You Did Two Summers Ago. Yeah. Uh, which is what the title called. should be. I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, which was released in the US on uh, November 13th, 1998, and the UK and Ireland on May 7th, 1999. Whoa, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by Trey Calloway and directed by Danny Cannon. It stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., Brandy, Mackay Pfeiffer, Jeffrey Combs, and Jack Black. You know, does it ever? Well, and Matthew Settle. Oh, yeah, Matthew Settle. I just I was just writing him off the top of my head and I didn't know his name. I do. He was on Gossip Girl. Okay. Fair enough. Um, can't forget Matthew Settle. <laughs> so, Jen, what is your history with this movie? I don't know. I'm assuming I saw it in the theatre. Yeah. I I must have. I don't remember. I th- I must have. Yeah, I saw it in the theatre... I saw it maybe a couple times after that. Like, I have it on DVD, but only because mm-hmm. it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought it was crap. It is crap. I mean, the first film isn't a great film, but mm. it's far superior to this. Yeah. And almost, almost every single way. And it has a better soundtrack. The first film, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw this in the cinema. I was a massive fan of the first film. I saw that in the cinema as well. This was released in the UK in 1999. We had to wait two years for the sequel. Um, But I remember going to the cinema with my... Well, he wasn't technically my granddad, but he was kind of like a granddad. And his carer, who was my aunt. And we decided to go to the cinema... Um, just sort of, you know, for for something for him to do, cheer him up. Um, my gran had passed away in the December before. And they went and saw Entrapment, Sean Connery movie. And I went and saw this. <laughs> and I wish I went and saw the Sean Connery movie, which is also trash. Um, I've seen this a few times. I, I, I have watched it. I have put myself through it a few times since seeing it in the <laughs> cinema. I know it's not good, but there's still just something about it that makes me, you know not angry at watching it again. Do you know what I mean? I will say it's not as bad as I remembered it being. Right. Like, it's not good. Mm-hmm. But I I think, you know, and at this time that it comes out, I mean, I'm watching a lot of crap, but, like, I feel like this was just at a level <laughs> way lower mm-hmm. than the other things I'd been watching, especially since I was a huge uh, Kevin Williamson fan, and he didn't write this, but he wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer. And so I was probably unfairly comparing it to that which, like, even, you know, a not-so-great Kevin Williamson movie is still going to have some funny lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I uh, it, it wasn't nearly as bad as I remembered it being. It was, it was released a year after the first movie. I get it. That sort of thing isn't easy to do. And considering this movie wasn't based on source material, it wasn't based on a book like the first movie, they had to come up with a very fucking contrived story on how to get everyone involved. It suffers from that, I think. They should have gave it a little bit more time. Give it a couple of years, maybe. Actually, hone the script. Yeah. I will say, I, I enjoy watching Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. And not for the reasons that many people no. do. Um. <laughs> no, not as many as the, the director does in this movie. Yeah, her boobs are heavily featured yeah. in this movie. But um, no, Jennifer Love Hewitt's a really, like, she's a very sweet actress. Mm-hmm. Like, she's somebody that, like, I mean, 
you really feel for Julie. Mm-hmm. Like I, she brings something to that role. Like I, re- I actually really buy her trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also around the time of party of five. And she's like, I feel like, you know, you watch her on party of five and I don't know. I feel like she, she's not like the best actress in the world, but she, I think she could have done better than this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think she, she just really makes it watchable. Yeah. For me. She didn't want to do a third a third movie after this, and I don't blame yeah. her because she didn't want to be typecast. This isn't one of my problems because honestly, like, I don't think most people would have recognized the song mm-hmm. or else it would be a problem. Mm-hmm. But it does bother me early in the movie. Um, like, it cuts to a new scene, and all of a sudden there's a song blasting, and it's a Jennifer Love Hewitt song. Yeah, how do I deal? It's playing, yes. it's playing when she's phoning Ray. And like, the second the music cue started, I was like, I know yeah. that song. That's Jennifer. Did you watch the music video? I've, I've seen it. I didn't watch it recently, but I have seen it like a while ago, yeah. Well, I watched it this morning, and um, it is not great, but um, she on her arm, she has a big, chunky men's watch. Right. And I'm like, that wasn't a fashion thing. Like, she has it, like, on her upper arm. Right. It's very strange. It's also, like, she's singing about, you know, a boy and, like, you know, like, how do I deal with you? How do I deal with us? It's a little, you know, love song. Mm. Meanwhile, there's shots throughout the video of, like, you know, a hook and stuff like that. Because <laughs> there's, you know, because it, it was back when, you know, they would put clips from the movie, mm-hmm. you know, in the music videos. And it's, just, oh, God, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me. Days. And it was, I do too. And it was directed by the guy who, um, by Joseph Kahn, who directs a lot of uh, Taylor Swift videos. Mm. So it was the whole thing had a very '90s feel. Speaking of music videos, um, Mackay Pfeiffer was actually in a Brandy music video, Brandy and Monica. Uh, was it the Boy Is Mine? I think the song was the Boy Is Mine. Yeah, yeah, he was in that like the same year as this movie. Yeah, I feel like this is around a time where he was. Now I have to look it up. Where he was just all of a sudden becoming a name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I fe- I feel like this is around the time I first started hearing about him because you know sometimes people will show up like everywhere yeah. at once i think he's pretty good in this um, yeah. yeah well i i'll talk about him more later okay. but um yeah this is like i guess it's a a year he'd done a few things after that like since i guess he did like high school high a couple of years before this mm. and clockers but um that the boy is mine that was a huge deal mm. that was a huge huge deal at the time so let's just get into the problems then and my first problem is um, the dream cop-out. Because the movie starts with a dream, and then after that we learn through exposition that the ending of the previous movie was also a dream. Um, Mm. That's just all dreams and dreams and dreams. But my problem is, and the fact that they keep saying that Julie hallucinates and stuff, like she hallucinates Mm. the fisherman and and the nightclub, which makes zero sense. Because she's standing in front of us and we see the the fisherman behind her and then he vanishes when she turns around. But that shouldn't mm. work that way because it's our point of view, not her point of view. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um Well, do you think do you think these guys are just like have have they been just like fucking with her for a year? Just like showing up places and like she thinks she's hallucinating. Well but really they're just messing with her. It doesn't make sense for that to be Ben though, because Ben's fucking around with Ray at the moment so I think it is supposed to be a, a hallucination and it can't be Will Benson because yeah. he's there in front of her when she turns back round 
So he, That's yeah. True. So I, I, I think it's hinted at that it is an actual hallucination. Um, but the problem I have with the whole dream thing is that it kind of screws this movie's ending as well, mm-hmm. because we're just expecting that movie's ending to be a dream, and just like the other movie's ending was. So it's redundant. It, it makes there's no impact there. When Julie gets pulled under the bed. Well, and I mean, this is what we talked about with Carrie, right? That like the Carrie movies have the same thing. And I am not a fan of that. No. At the very end. Um, I also like, so the first teaser for this movie, mm-hmm. it was her seeing her therapist. And the whole scene is like, she's with her therapist and, you know, talking about, you know, how scared she is and stuff. And her therapist like makes her look at the, at a mirror and like talk about how like, you know, there's no one after her or whatever. And then of course the fisherman comes through the mirror. But it makes no sense. I wish they'd used that as the dream at the beginning of this because yeah. like one, of, and this isn't like one of my official problems, but one of my problems with this movie is the entire time I'm like, why isn't she in therapy? Why is like, what has she not gotten any help at all? And I, that scene would have made me feel a little better about Julie. Cause she's clearly going through something. Everyone around her knows mm-hmm. she's going through something. Why isn't she getting help? But she has major PTSD. Nobody really gives a shit about Julie though. It's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Cause she is not okay. No, I mean, I mean, even Ray, Oh, don't get me started. Fucking Ray in this movie, but <laughs> So I have a question. I don't know if you what you know about the making of right. this movie, but you know Ray's hardly in it, um, which is one of the things I think that pissed me off so much when I saw the movie is because it's advertised as though you know Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the main mm-hmm. stars, but we don't. Re- Matthew Settle is in it more than he is. Yeah, but he's still setting bold. I thought I remembered that like he didn't want to do it or he couldn't do it because of scheduling. So they made it so he just wasn't in very much of it. But I'm not sure if I'm making that up or if that was real. And it wasn't an IMDb trivia or anything. Do you know anything about that? I think at this moment in time, he was filming She's All That and also Wing Commander. Okay. So I think he had two other things on the go. And down to you was around this time too. Right, he was he was he was having a hot yeah. hot moment. Yeah, and I, I I honestly don't think he did want to do it. Um, Jennifer yeah. Lafayette didn't want to do it either. They probably got a lot of money, didn't they? Yeah, but it just seems very lazy. The whole Ray thing. Just mm-hmm. don't have him in it. Just have him like at the beginning. I don't know. I think people would have been upset if he wasn't in it. I know. Like at the beginning, it would ha- he would have to get murdered at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, if he was in it. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have murdered Ray at the beginning. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to put it out there in the world mm-hmm. to help my karma. Because I used to I used to talk shit about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Both in my personal life and on the screen. And I used to kind of shit on uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and his acting. Mm-hmm. But in recent years, I've discovered he's actually pretty decent. And I feel bad about the amount of... No, well, he's good. He's better at comedy. Like, watching him on sitcoms and stuff, he's way more suited for that world. He is a good comedic actor. I will give you that. I, I mean, I don't... You don't understand the amount of terrible things I said about his acting when I was Fair younger. Enough. And and I recently watched um the new Punky Brewster, mm-hmm. which... I mean, I loved Punky Brewster when I was a kid, but when they, you know, announced they were doing a new one, I, you know, I didn't really care that much. And I just kind of watched it out of curiosity. I was not excited about it at all. And I, I sat and watched that whole thing in one weekend and he's delightful. Mm. He's really, I like watching Freddie Prince Jr. on sitcoms. So, uh, you know, and he's, and he's just now that, you know, watching these movies again, I'm like, well, he's not nearly as bad as I thought he was at the time. I don't know. I don't know what my problem was. I think he's pretty terrible in this. 
but but he's not as bad as I remember. No, well, not as bad as you remember. But um, it's <laughs> it's his line delivery that gets me. He, I'm, uh, I just don't think he gives a shit. Clearly likes comedy better. He's the dreamy guy, and they want to just put him in these roles hmm. where he's just like kind of the. Like the male lead in the romantic comedy, but like he doesn't necessarily always get to be the funny one. Mm-hmm. And it's Freddie Prince Jr. is a funny guy. And there's a lot of actors who, because of their looks, they're cast not to their talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt is one of those people that, like, when you get to see him be like a secondary character and just be weird and funny, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. And for years, they're trying to make him like meet Joe Black and stuff like that. Like, that's not what no. <laughs> Brad Pitt should be doing. But they don't always think of him as like a funny guy. No. Right. But he's better than stuff like to have monkeys. And oh, God, what's that Coen Brothers movie? Uh, Burn After Reading. Yeah. He's really, really funny in that. James Marsden's another guy like that. Yeah, James Marsden is better at comedy. He's hilarious. Did you ever see the movie Sex Drive? No. Oh, it's terrible. But it's worth it for him. Right. He is hilarious. And then he was really good on 30 Rock. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Freddie Prince Jr., I owe an apology to because I was cruel in the things that I said about him when I was younger. And it was unnecessary. Fair enough. You hear that Freddie Prince Jr. Jen apologizes. I mean, you know he listens. Yeah, he does. He's about the, one of the only people that does. But if you're listening, Freddie, <laughs> that's, that's um, you know, Jen apologizes. I still think you're shite in this, but you know, I think... Wow, that's rude. I think you didn't care. You just wanted the money and you had other things on your mind to do. Mm-hmm. Like, she's all that. Which is something that he wanted to do. Because it's yeah. comedy. So, you know. Right, so what's your first problem, Jen? This is this is a pretty big problem. Uh-huh. Um, and it spans the entire movie. Oh, okay. Tyrell. Right. Is so horny. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. Like, he won't stop talking about sex. No. It is not cute. And then, like, w- one of the... L- like, the last thing he says before he is killed is that he's hungry and horny. Yeah. But, like, th- they've seen dead bodies, mm-hmm. okay? Like, they've been running from a killer, they've seen dead bodies, and he is still, like, I'm horny. Yeah. What the hell? I don't That's, I don't like it, and I also, I feel like it is, um, it feels a little racist. Like, I feel like that was a thing they would do in movies where, like, the black guy mm-hmm. would be, like, you know, extra horny, extra, like, sexual. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that feel like it's mildly well it's like a trope yeah it's definitely a trope yeah it's it's not ideal you had the nail on the head there by the way when you said one of the last things he says before he dies is i'm horny and it's mm-hmm. like if that was the only time he mentioned sex then you know it wouldn't have been as bad but the fact that he is horny the entire runtime of the movie he's always talking about wanting to have sex with brandy the entire time. And it's like, that's a bit much. Because they've only been out together for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, they say they've been together for three months. Yeah, three months. And I look, I know this is like, just you know, it's a horror sequel. It's like a slasher sequel. It's not, you know, a huge thing. But like, you can do better... Mackay Pfeiffer is a good actor. Mm. Like, give him, give him something different. This is boring. Mm. And it makes me, like, it annoys me so much that I'm ready for him to die. Because I'm sick of him. And then it's just the fact that it's one of the last things he says after having gone through everything they've gone through. Mm. Um, it makes me really disturbed about him. <laughs> 
Like, if he had made it all the way through to the end, is he, like, trying to get Brandy to have sex with him, like, before the Coast Guard gets yeah. there or whatever? I know. It's not good. They should have just have left that out because he becomes sort of antagonistic towards Julie. And yeah. that is all you really needed from that character. You didn't need him to be... Is he supp- I don't know, is he supposed to be comic relief? Just always talking about being horny? I think so. No. I think it's supposed to be funny. But but it's not funny. You can't really have the comic relief guy being the one who's antagonistic. like Because he gets really quite angry towards mm-hmm. Julie. You know? It looks as though yeah. he's ready to stand up and slap someone at times when he's getting antagonistic towards Julie. So it's kind of like... The comedy also falls flat that way. He doesn't seem to be nailing the comedy as much as maybe they'd hoped that he is. So, you know, just make just make Ty the the arsehole. But then towards the end he does ask Julie if she's alright. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he is looking after Julie towards the before he dies, which is good. But that should have been his arc. Mm-hmm. Not I'm I'm a horny and then he never gets to have sex with Brandy. Well, and they're, they're, like, it's it's not subtle at all. Like, and it, honestly, it would be funny if I felt like they were trying to make a campy movie, mm-hmm. but I don't think they are. No. Because um, it would work for me there. But, like, there, there, there are more subtle ways to do the comedy of, like, sh- he feels like she's cock-blocking him mm-hmm. without it just, I mean, because he's just always blatantly just being like, well, I want to go have sex with Brandy now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's lazy writing. It's really lazy writing. It absolutely is. It's a, it's a waste of Mackay Pfeiffer because yeah, when he is being antagonistic towards Julie, I keep saying that word, but when he has been a douche towards Julie, I think of him as a good actor then. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, th- why can't he be like that more, and then be gentle. Towards you know the end before he dies, you know that that makes that's more of a character arc. It's more of it's more important than him wanting to have sex or eat the entire time. Although I I give him the hungry thing. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, like that <laughs> that I get. Um, it just ugh, he he deserved better. What's what's your second problem? Let's talk about Ben Willis's plot, shall we? Okay. Let's talk about his um his plan to to kill Julie. He gets his son to go to school with Julie, befriend Julie and her friend Carla. I don't know if he's actually supposed to be trying to get with Julie. If that's maybe just like a bonus for him that he's just always because he's convinced Brandy somehow that he should be with Julie. I mean, may- maybe the initial plan for him was that he would mm-hmm. become her boyfriend, and that would be part of like getting them both to the island and then the fact that ray wouldn't go away ruined everything which is why they had to do that although i guess they'd want revenge on ray too so wouldn't they want him to go this whole plant there's i hadn't even thought about that whole right think about this jen ben willis must buy the hotel rooms and the travel Mm -hmm. to this hotel to this Mm -hmm. island on their behalf, yeah. are the hotel staff in on it? Because why are they there? I know they're no. not, but why are they there? If they, well, if, and if they, I, you know, <sighs> it makes no sense opening this up during, um, uh, storm season. They should have said, no, we don't open during storm season. We're all going home. It's fucking storm season. But he, 
He manages to get the hotel. He pays for the rooms. Because it's storm season, that was probably cheaper. No, that no, that is very true. He travels to Southport to kill Ray before Ray goes to the uh, thingamajigger, the island, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Bahamas. But then somehow he gets to the island, like, on the same day he kills, tries to kill Ray and kills Ray's friend. He just sort of teleports to the island because he's there, like, the very next day. Mm-hmm. And then it takes Ray three days or something to get there. It makes no sense. None of this plot makes sense, Jen. None of it. Yeah. And I was, I had forgotten, you know, how it ends. So I had forgotten about Will Benson, which, by the way, my husband walked in the room when they did that reveal and caught me just like rolling my eyes and like just being like Will Benson. And we're talking about how stupid it is. And he's like, did you figure it out? And I was like, you know what? I was not paying attention to his name, but there was a point in the movie where I was thinking like, what if he's in, what if he's the killer or something? Cause I, mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't remember. And I did not remember his last name, but I did notice I, I was just like, Will, well, Ben Willis. And so mm-hmm. if I'd remembered like if I'd been paying attention and noticed his last name was Benson, I would have mm-hmm. figured it out. And the yeah. thing is I'm not very smart. So if I could figure it out, mm-hmm. You need to go with something less obvious. But it's also one of those things where it's like, did they mean it to be campy? Because that's campy. You know it what is. I mean? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. There's no way they thought that was going to be uh, like a serious gotcha moment. Come on. <laughs> but like this whole thing is so damn elaborate. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways for it to go wrong. Mm-hmm. It it makes no sense. And then, and I will I will now add my second problem. I have a problem with this in other other slasher films too. Like, so yeah. it's this whole elaborate plan to. And I don't know why. Why are they going after Julie? Like, they, Ryan Phillippe was like the worst one, right? Mm-hmm. Why is Julie the big focus? Anyway, because they, Julie beat him, I assume. But they, it feels like they're going after her harder than Ray. Right. But they do all this to get them to the island, which I mean, to do all this, you would think that it's like they want to I mean, they want to psychologically torture her. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if they just wanted her dead, she would be so easy to kill. Look, they could have killed her at any point. So here's my problem is that she goes into the tanning bed Mm -hmm. and they lock her in the tanning bed. And Mm -hmm. that and I'm just like, if you're really you're setting all this up and you want to murder this girl. And I have to imagine psychologically torture since you've gone to all this trouble instead of just stabbing her or shooting her why would you just lock her in a tanning bed you know what i mean like and i hate that that's a that's a that's a thing that it's a trope from slasher movies where it's like the per the main person they're after they'll try to kill at some point mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie in like a really boring way mm-hmm. really uneventful way i mean that that's a terrible way to die but considering the trouble they're mm-hmm. going to the only point of that is to make us nervous for the character. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense if you think about the big picture of the killer's plan. You know what I mean? It makes it makes no sense. I mean, it, it couldn't be Brandy because she was black, but like that should have been a secondary character like Brandy. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so like that just that it just pissed me off. It's kind of like when the killer shows up at Sydney's house in the middle of the movie. Or Nancy. It could have been Nancy. Yeah. The bartender. Which, by the way, I read in the trivia that uh, the screenwriter wrote in the script, Nancy looks like Jennifer Esposito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love hearing stories like that where they're like, well, if I put it in the script, the person yeah. will get cast. Who, by the way, she was married to Bradley Cooper for like a month or two. Really? It's, it's a very a short marriage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it was a while ago. But that's what I think about when I see her, which I feel bad for that I think that when I see her because she's, mm. she's a good actress. Um, but I just don't get the tanning bed thing. It's why would no. they want to kill Julie that way? Yeah. After all of this trouble. I mean, even if they figured that Carla was in the next room, well, I don't know where she was. It looked as though she'd just been in the next room, but then she had to get rescued out and then they ran round to get mm-hmm. Julie. It makes no sense that geography-wise. Carla's there. Carla will save her. And then, you know, I'm just fucking with her, but it still doesn't make any sense. What if Carla didn't, and that's how she died? It just seems. By the way, Julie's the best screamer in the world. Oh, Jesus Christ, yes. (laughs) She's so good, and they can hear her from really far away. Like, ugh, she's good. But yeah, the whole plot is so convoluted. And I'll I'll take a convoluted plot, Mm. right? But, like, this is just too much for me. It's too much. Yeah. I can't handle it. What's your third problem? Jack Black. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. Jack Black's Jack Black's character, Titus. Yeah. Not Jack Black, who I love, but Jack Black's character. Well, <laughs> it's so funny because I remember the first time I saw this, like his character being one of the only things I liked about it just because he was kind of funny. Yeah. But then this time I'm like, I'm not into this. No, because he overacts. He even overacts in his death scene. Mm-hmm. Like, when the the fisherman's looking for something to kill him with, and you can see all the different things, all the different weapons, um, mm-hmm. Titus says, seriously, don't do that. And it's like, he's he's trying to be funny even in his death. He's try- They're trying to make it hilarious, this death, and it's like, there's no tension there. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm supposed to give a shit in these movies when someone's going to die. I'm not supposed to be like, ha, that's funny, he's dead now, unless it's something like Final Destination. But yeah, he just, he overacts. I just can't stand his character in this. And the death count in this movie is so ridiculous. And I, I would love it if there was a sequel where it's like, the killer is still Ben Willis, and when they ask him why he's doing it, he's like, well, at this point, I just love killing. Yeah. Because clearly this guy just loves killing. Yeah, and there's another thing. They changed his story completely. Because now he he killed his wife. And that wasn't part of the original backstory. The original backstory was his daughter was killed in an accident. He killed the guy who Mm -hmm. was responsible for that and then got hit by Julie in that's car. And then he wanted to get revenge on them. Mm -hmm. Why why have him? Oh no, he's killed in the past. (sighs) Well, and if this were like what I, I I've listened to enough true crime podcasts at this point that it's like if this were real life, what would happen is in the end, they would actually figure out how to link him to like dozens of murders over the years that like, yeah, he went hard after um, Julie and her friends because they did leave him for dead, but um, that he'd been murdering for years and years. Yeah. Because that's that's my backstory, is that, like, if you're going to go with that story for his wife, this is just a man who is a murderer, and he's just been murdering people for years, and then someone, like, really pissed him yeah. off. Because, like, all these people he kills, it's completely unnecessary. Makes no sense. It doesn't... There's no reason to kill Jack Black unless he just finds him annoying, which, I mean, I guess that's a good enough reason. By the way, why is the maid yeah. um, doing housekeeping 
when there's hardly anyone in the hotel? Why is she doing housekeeping after midnight? Um, Because it's creepy? I don't know. I don't know. It's just there just so she can die. And mm-hmm. because Titus says to Ty and Carla that they're not supposed to be in the hot tub after midnight. And that's around mm-hmm. about the same time as the maid getting killed. So the maid is going around rooms doing housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, what's your third problem, Jen? This is my biggest problem. Okay. Okay. Like, it should bother me more just the fact that the entire movie doesn't make sense, but this just really pissed me off. So near the end, she sees these graves, right? She sees a yeah. gravestone that has her name on it. And she goes, guys, what? What's the date today? She knows what the date is today. It is July friggin' 4th. She she has had, like, her the last two July 4ths have kind of been the worst ones ever for her. Mm-hmm. She, like, how... That line really pisses me off because there's no reason she would need to ask that. And you might, like, the only reason I could think of they would write that is because they want to remind us that that's mm-hmm. the date. We know. We know yeah. that's the date. The, the The audience isn't going to question, oh, wait, is today July 4th? Is it tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's so stupid and it makes her look stupid. And I just hate it. What's today's date? She knows oh. what the date is. Yeah. Because that's the only reason I could think of for that line is just for the audience. That means that they think we are complete idiots. Yeah. So I feel personally insulted. Yeah, and also, like, we we saw the previous movie, you know, we, mm-hmm. we know. We're not going to see I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, unless we've seen the... Well, you know movie. what? Some people do, it, it, I mean, and, and you know, let's let's say, let's say you're out with your girlfriend, and she drags you to this movie, and you don't mm-hmm. care about this movie, whatever, you didn't see the first one, but you're mm-hmm. going to go see this movie. They've still established that it is July 4th weekend yep. many, many times throughout this movie. Yes. So you would have to have not only not seen the first one, but have not been paying attention at all at the beginning. And if yeah. you're not paying attention at the very beginning of a movie, then why are you at the movies? It's, it's pointless. There is no need... Give that line to someone else. It, you know, it... Although this, this you still know what fucking date yeah. it is. I understand this is a sequel that is rushed out because of the success of the first movie. That's standard. It's been standard for decades, right? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have something like Home Alone 2 where, like, you can tell some care is put into trying to figure out how to get us to, like, where Kevin's alone. Mm. Although there are holes in that one and there are no holes at all in Home Alone. To like how he's alone, and yeah, then there's no, things. No, it's a perfect movie, and th- it is. And then there's things like Scream Two, where it's rushed out, like so it comes out a year after the first. But you can tell Kevin Williamson, even though he only had a few months to write it, although mm-hmm. I know he had plans already, that like he has thought out, like why this is happening, who the killers are going to be. Yeah. There is there is some care that has been put. But it into makes this. it also makes sense that they mm-hmm. are in college now. Yeah, this movie, no care has put into this movie. No. They have rushed this out. No one has thought it through. Because the thing is, it's so convoluted. If the people making it cared at all, they could throw in a little bit more exposition to maybe explain something. They could have changed a couple things. Like, the, no one, did anybody in this movie, involved in this movie, even want to make it? I don't know. Besides, like, small characters who are, like, happy to have a job um and it is crazy and then i was like well you know at least they went for some more diversity this time uh because the first one's super white but then it turns Mm -hmm. out uh carla was supposed to be white but then brandy auditioned and was just really good 
Yeah. I it's hard to watch a movie when you're just when you don't feel like anyone cares. I know. And that's the thing I hate about these sequels, they rush them out and it's like if you gave it some time and had some put some effort into this movie, you would be more likely to have a successful franchise. Uh just going back to something that we were talking about earlier, the scene with uh, Julie and the tanning bed, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt actually passed out doing that scene because she hadn't eaten enough because she wanted to look good Ugh. in the bikini. Okay, I want to talk about this for a second. Her boobs were almost one of my problems. They're not necessarily her boobs, but like that shot of her mm-hmm. in the bikini um, which is very prominent in the trailer, by the way. Yeah, of course it is. So poor Jennifer Love Hewitt. First of all, she is 19 mm-hmm. right here. She is so young. She was so young when she made these movies. And recently, you know, that Britney Spears documentary came out and we were all kind of talking about how the media treated her and everything. And um, I actually, I didn't read Jessica Simpson's book, but I listened to a podcast where they discussed her book for like multiple episodes And Jessica Simpson was a nice Christian girl. Mm -hmm. There was this obsession in the late 90s, early 2000s, where the the record companies would really, like, let us, and the media would have us focus on uh, pop singer's virginity. Oh, that was fucking weird. They did it with Britney Spears. And with Jessica Simpson, it was a huge, Mm -hmm. huge thing. And they had her dressing super sexy in her videos. And, like, these girls, they didn't Mm -hmm. want this. They got pushed into it and they got told this is the only way they're going to make it. And like they've made it so far to like their dream, like being a movie star, being, you know, a pop singer, whatever. Like, of course, they're going along with it, especially when they're being so bullied. And it's really depressing. Like when that Britney Spears documentary came out, like a a little while later, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was talking about doing press for um, Heartbreakers, a movie she did with uh, Sigourney Weaver and Jason Lee. Which I, I actually really enjoy that movie. And I mean, she and, and Sigourney Weaver are con artists. So, of course, they use their mm-hmm. boobs a lot in their cons. Like that, honestly, that 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 actually makes sense. But she's doing interviews for this movie. She's doing press and everyone's just talking to her about her boobs. Yeah. She's in her early 20s. She's so young. And like all anyone wants to focus on is her boobs. You see in the first movie, she's wearing like a tank top or something and like bouncing around in the street yelling, what do you want from me? And in this movie, they add the extra layer of like it's raining. So it, her her clothes are wet. And I just I watched this stuff and I just it must have been so uncomfortable for her. I know. It must have sucked. And then it, and obviously, then you, then you say that you say that like she was starving herself because she mm. wanted to look good in the bikini, which like Jennifer Love Hewitt at this age, she could have pigged out that day and she would and be bloated and she would still mm. look hot in that bikini. And it, it's so yeah. sad. Her mom was on set at the time. And I think it was actually her mom that noticed that she'd passed out. And I, you know, I watched the special features on the box sets, the first few box sets for mm-hmm. Party of Five. And there's like, there's one where she's talking about how she got, she was like 15 at the time that she got kind of confused with her character. And she sort of fell in love with Scott Wolf because her character was, and she like, she said that she would get kind of confused sometimes and think he was really her boyfriend. And I just, I think about the innocence of her saying that just a few years before this. And it just really puts into perspective that how young she was and that Jennifer Love Hewitt just seems like she was such an innocent, sweet person. Even a, a few years after this, she gets punked and she, she gets punked and she, it's like, she has this meeting mm-hmm. 
Um, and I forget what all they did to make her uncomfortable in the meeting, but the 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 way they got her to this meeting to prank her was they they said um, she was going to do a movie with Brad Pitt, and at the end when they revealed you know that she was being punked, she goes, "There's no movie with Brad Pitt." She's <laughs> like, "I'm telling you, there's this whole period where like I can cite multiple times over like seven years yeah. where she just seems like the most innocent, sweetest girl." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which just makes it so much worse to me the way that they are using her body here. I know. It just seems. Just watching it now, it's like it starts. She takes her top off and she's wearing a bikini. But then the camera pans mm-hmm. down and her boobs are right on screen. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And then the camera pans down and she takes off her shorts and she's wearing the bikini bottoms. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down to her feet. Mm-hmm. Bare feet. But it's a ridiculous shot. I. It, you know, it's hard enough for teen girls when they like are very well developed especially when they develop at a younger age uh-huh. um ahead of their friends and stuff it's hard when you're a normal person i can't imagine someone like jennifer love hewitt mm. like what that must have been like for her um because she is i mean as a as a young actress she is going to get hired a lot of times probably like that's going to be a huge part of mm. it because she she had a nice rack that um and she's attractive i hope she's okay like i hope that this didn't do like real damage to her because it's that that britney spears documentary that really opened up a conversation that like even someone like me who was aware of how this stuff might affect young stars Mm -hmm. it really really put it into perspective in a way that like even i hadn't thought of yeah and it and it made people like jennifer love hewitt more comfortable talking about how awful it was yeah i mean she's still working yeah she i mean she's been stuck in tv the past decade or so but she's still working she seems okay yeah. i mean <laughs> i've seen her in interviews and stuff she seems okay but i just i i wonder what kind of toll it could take on you when there's so much focus on your body mm-hmm. especially in a movie like this where it's like i i mean they made sure i noticed her breasts a lot they did. oh i wanted to ask you something do you ever go on commonsensemedia.org i've heard of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I did That's actually like, see that there was something about this, but I didn't go on it. So I took a I took a screenshot just of the kind of summary at the end of the page for this. Okay. Um, it says what parents need to know, because this is a website, you know, done by, I, I believe, Christians. Uh, they want to tell you how horrible movies are for your kids. Mm-hmm. And they, well, I, I've heard bad things, some bad things about them and stuff. But if you look at the site, like, honestly, if you're wanting to make sure your kids don't yeah. see anything super bad, it's a decent site for that. But um, th- this is kind of their their summary of the whole thing. What parents need to know. Parents need to know that I Still Know What You Did Last Summer is a 1998 m- horror movie sequel with lots of killing blood and gore. Characters are killed in bloody close-up, usually with sharp instruments, and much of the alleged entertainment derives from terrorizing a young woman. There is frequent profanity, including fuck, although they put dashes yeah, for the UNC cool. and its variations. A comic relief character played by Jack Black is shown high on marijuana, growing marijuana and smoking marijuana. <gasps> Gratuitous bathing suit shots abound. <laughs> There's really nothing worthwhile about this movie. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really say I disagree. <laughs> There's nothing worthwhile about that. That is so harsh. But I also just love gratuitous bathing suit shots abound. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's such a great sight. I don't know. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, right. I've got some questions. Just, this is, you know, what I'm like. Before we get into positives, mm-hmm. I'm going to say some questions that I have. I wrote down while, while watching the movie. Now, 
Why does nobody question these people arriving at the end of the season? Why doesn't the boat driver mention that it's the end of the season when he's taking them there and they know that they're going there to go on holiday? I have answers for you. Right, well, okay. Okay, well, first of all, if the hotel, like, if they were able to book rooms in this hotel, yeah. that means the hotel is open at this point. And like I said before, probably at a pretty deep discount. Yeah, but it's... Um, <sighs> But like, it, but it's a radio contest, right? So like, they're not going to question the people because it's like they know the people won. Mm-hmm. So it'd more be like you question the radio station and you just assume they wouldn't want to spend that much money. And then I would assume the guy taking them there, uh, like, I would think he would just assume they knew. Right. Right? Like, why would you think, oh, these people booked this trip, but they don't know this? Right. Okay. Why doesn't um, Estes tell them that they got the capital of Brazil wrong right away? When he works out that they got the capital of Brazil wrong. Why doesn't he tell him right there and then? I don't know. But I did. I actually read a, a good essay um, talking about how that was actually really genius. Like that it's great because most of the audience won't know the capital of Brazil. Yeah, exactly. And so you can watch it and just like not know if they were right mm-hmm. or not. But if you do know it's correct, it gives you a little clue mm-hmm. and it maybe gives you a different viewing experience. Yeah than others and i do like that i like the idea of that yeah no i've got no problem with the question like set up i've got no problem with that at all mm-hmm. right does estes know who will is right away i think so oh wait i i think i read something that indicated that he does right he could have saved a lot of hassle if he told them um i mean maybe he suspects right but doesn't know for sure. But he could have told Julie at least. This is the last, the very last piece of trivia on IMDb. Right. Estes says to Will about his job, I've been doing this since before you were a gleam in your father's yes. eye. Which makes Foreshadowing, me... he knows Will is the son. Yes, but why not tell anyone? Maybe he doesn't think it's dangerous yet. I don't know. Is Julie hallucinating the words in the karaoke machine? Because how did Ben set that up? I've been thinking about that a lot the past few hours. Um, because <laughs> I... I mean, I guess a lot of it depends on if you think she's hallucinating the fishermen in the beginning. Because she didn't look at the screen once because she knew the song off by heart. She's not looking at the screen until she turns around to look at the screen. Coincidentally, those words, I still know what you did last summer, is on the screen. Here's the thing. And red letters! <laughs> Will, er, uh, um, Ben and his son, they Benson! are, uh, <sighs> <laughs> they are, they clearly are super into messing with her psychologically. They are gaslighting her. Like, once you remove a body that you know the person's found, you are, like, that's the major indication that you are trying to, like, actually torture them mm. psychologically. And so you would think that, like, think about it without thinking too hard. It's like, it makes sense that they would make those words come up when she's looking and the other, others aren't. But there's no way they could time yeah. it that way, right? Like, that's how it works out is that she's the only yeah. one that sees it. But there's no way Zero. they could time it that Zero well, even, even if they just had a button they had to press uh-huh. to make it happen. Um, so maybe it is in her head. Yeah. I want to see a third movie where we just like deal with Julie's trauma and we watch her like really yeah. <laughs> kind of just just get get some mental help. I just want to see a nice movie about a young lady getting some mental help. Have you seen the third movie to this? You know what? You know what? I sat down to watch it uh-huh. one day. I couldn't make it five yeah. minutes and I can it's watch it. terrible. Anything. I always know what you did last summer, although it's nothing to do with Julie yeah. or that. It's a completely different thing. But 
Ben Wallace as a zombie in it. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's the third movie supernatural. <laughs> you know, I it really feels like instead of just rushing out sequels to successful movies, mm-hmm. um studios should be taking more of a Ryan Murphy approach where you do a completely different movie and just have the same people in it. Like that's what seems to work for American Horror Story is that like cuz people Part of, part of why you enjoy watching I Know What You Did Last Summer is because you like seeing the hot WB teens or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you like seeing these hot teens mm-hmm. um, from your favorite shows and movies. And instead of coming up with a convoluted sequel, what if you just did a, di- I mean, a different movie? It could be same genre, just different characters, or it could be a mm-hmm. different genre. And put those actors in it, it would probably do better. Why aren't we doing that? Because that also gives the actors something different to do. Yeah, you'd be more likely to get Sarah Michelle Gellar back if you have like a new original script mm-hmm. where she gets to do something other than die. Yeah, make her the killer or something. Oh god, I would love that. I would love that. I would love to see yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar be... Th- I like watching her be evil. You know what? I watched Ringer and it wasn't great, but I enjoyed watching her be bad. Right, yeah. That was the one where she was twins. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched every episode, and yeah. I would have watched a second season. What's with the woman looking at Ray in the bus? Why does the elderly woman turn around and look at Ray in the bus and then give him a dirty look? Why? What's that? Who cares? Mind your own fucking business. I don't. And then, why does the movie give Estes, um, Bill Cobb's character, as a red herring? Why is he a red herring? We know it's not him. So why are, are, are they treating us like fucking morons and giving this man to the audience as a red herring. Not just the characters. You always have to have a red herring. It's just it's it, it seems to be a requirement know, for these but movies. We know it's not him. It could be. But we know that we we've seen the fisherman and it's a white guy. So <laughs> He could be working he with could him. Be. I mean he did have a partner. They want us to su- suspect multiple people. I mean nothing in this movie makes sense. It's stupid. No, exactly. It's a fucking stupid, pointless movie. It makes the Rage Carry 2 look like an Oscar contender. But we like the Rage Carry 2. Yeah, but it's not an Oscar contender. <laughs> no, of course not. But... but this makes it look like a very fine film, you know? Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, my positive. Mm-hmm. Not only does the best friend live, she's the black best friend. God damn it. Is that yours too? Yeah, it's because she's one of the very first and only black final girls. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean... The movie tends to forget about her in the last act. Mm-hmm. She gets knocked out and then she turns up at the end, which is fair enough. She doesn't have much to do, but she does survive. Yeah. I would have liked it if it was Julie, Carla and Nancy, if mm-hmm. they all lived. Yeah. And no, no Ray. <laughs> Don't need Ray. If those three lived, that would have been quite cool. Yeah. Man, like a they... Charlie's Angels of Slasher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really like that Brandy is a... Although, how sad is that? How sad is it that that has to be a positive because there are so few black women that survive horror films that it's that notable. But also she was written as a white person. Yeah. So if that's the original script. Well, and in the original script, she dies. She she dies and Carla lives. They switched it. Or Carla, Nancy. Sorry, Nancy lives. Nancy lives. Right. So they switched it and made Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, that's better then. That is better. They actually thought about it. Maybe they just didn't want to kill Moesha off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about this okay. piece of garbage movie. Um, have you picked a movie for next time, Jen? Uh, the Wizard. The Wizard? Right. The Wizard. Okie dokie. Let's talk about that one hour, 40 minute advert for Nintendo next week. 
Okay. And then the week after that will be our anniversary episode. Our first year anniversary, and we don't know what we're doing for it yet. <laughs> but we'll think of something to do for that. Okay. Uh, so that's all we have time for. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Drop the Pilot Pod. You can go to shiftybench.co.uk's website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk as the email address where you can tell us that this is the best sequel ever. Where can people find you on the internet, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And uh, I have a Party of Five rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. Thank you all for listening. We'll speak till next time. Goodbye. Bye.